November 14th. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32, through chapter 12, verse 13. Well, how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. But others trusted God and were tortured, preferring to die rather than turn from God and be free. They placed their hope in the resurrection to a better life. Some were mocked, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in dungeons. Some died by stoning, and some were sawed in half. Others were killed with a sword. Some went about in skins of sheep and goats, hungry and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world. They wandered over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All of these people we have mentioned received God's approval because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had far better things in mind for us that would also benefit them, for they can't receive the prize at the end of the race until we finish the race. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from start to finish. He was willing to die a shameful death on the cross because of the joy He knew would be His afterward. Now He is seated in the place of highest honor beside God's throne in heaven. Think about all He endured when sinful people did such terrible things to Him, so that you don't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. And have you entirely forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you, His children? He said, My child, don't ignore it when the Lord disciplines you, and don't be discouraged when He corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those He loves, and He punishes those He accepts as His children. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as His own children. Who ever heard of a child who was never disciplined? If God doesn't discipline you as He does all of His children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really His children after all. Since we respect our earthly fathers who disciplined us, should we not all the more cheerfully submit to the discipline of our Heavenly Father and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always right and good for us because it means we will share in His holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It is painful. But afterward, there will be a quiet harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So, 
Take a new grip with your tired hands and stand firm on your shaky legs. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Then those who follow you, though they are weak and lame, will not stumble and fall, but will become strong. But I have come to believe that the Bible is right when it says the kingdom suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. I have come to learn that if you don't take it by force, you won't take it at all. The fair weather Johnny come lately saints who sit in the cut and wait for good things to happen spend years and life passes them by because they are not aggressive enough to seize the things that God has for them. Someone said, well, I don't understand how God touched all of Tarsus because he sure wasn't hungry. Did you know that sometimes people that oppose God the most are the hungriest searching for God? That's why they oppose God in the way that they do because Saul was looking for the truth. He was looking for reality. And I'm telling you right now, his anger against the church of the day, his anger against the church at that time, as he was breathing out threatenings, really was not an anger against the church, but was an anger against Almighty God that really I believe in his heart of hearts. He was really kind, trying to dare God. He was really trying to put God to the test. And I'll tell you what, right now, he bit off a little bit more than he could chew. I'm telling you right now, because as he was on his way, as he was on the road, as he's riding down the road on his horse, and Jesus came and stood in front of him, and he fell to the ground. I'm telling you, he heard the voice from heaven. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? He asked the question, but he answered it in the same sentence, because it was so awesome that he knew it could only be one. This is the one I'm looking for. Who art thou, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you persecute. I'll tell you what, he had a head and collision that day that totally transformed his life. Now you say, why did God touch Saul of Tarsus? Because I don't think there's anybody in this place that's worse than Saul of Tarsus. And God is trying to tell people, if I could take Saul of Tarsus, the lowly of the low, I could take anybody in this house and I could touch them. I could set them free. I could put my fire on the inside of them. Saul of Tarsus who went on to go and write two thirds of the New Testament. Oh, what a transformation. Now known as the Apostle Paul, as Saint Paul. Life demands that a man have a certain amount of strength and a certain amount of aggression. And even nature teaches that a man should be aggressive. The moment his body begins to secrete a hormone called testosterone, it causes him to have a more aggressive disposition. Even in little boys, you see them becoming more aggressive. It's hard to harness this energy that begins to rise up in the masculine soul because he has that innate God-given tenacity that makes him want to conquer. And there ought to be something in a man that makes him a conqueror, something secreting in his genes and coming up out of his spirit. And when I say genes, I'm not talking about Levi's, something coming up out of his spirit that causes him to be strong and relentless and tenacious about the things he goes after. Touch your neighbor and say, look at me. I don't look like what I've been through. If I told you what I've been through, it would blow your mind. If I told you about the hell I had to face, if I told you about my wilderness, you wouldn't even believe it. Look at me. Run over and touch somebody and say, I'm still here. Cancer didn't get me. 
me. Diabetes didn't destroy me. The witch didn't hex me. The haters didn't get me. I am still here. Anybody can be great for a minute. Anybody can be strong for a moment. But to have survived years, 40 years, they've been wearing the same pair of shoes. God sustained you. There are people in this room been through all kinds of stuff. Divorces, deaths, traumas, adversities, rejection, heartache, pain, trauma, abuse, surgeries, misfortune, dysfunctional families, crisis on the right, crisis on the left, crisis over here, crisis over there. And